Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. On a summer evening two years ago, after a long day at work, I spontaneously stopped by a friend's house in my old neighborhood from where I had recently and painfully moved. We had a delightful visit, snacked and talked. Then as it was approaching evening, I left. I had moved further out past that area and down a long, potholed, winding road toward the railroad tracks. On either side of the road was a diverse selection of homes, from gray concrete block encampments, yurts and yards, funky faux adobes, and well-appointed, beautiful designed homes. I'd been living in my new place just a few months post-divorce. Though it was a bit rugged, the area was beautiful and I loved the special feeling of the nearby preserve that I'd hiked many times over the last 20 years, for it seemed to have the most magical presence to me. It was getting darker as I followed the road down past the cattle guard, breathing in the New Mexico summer evening air with the car windows open. Right before the sharp curve in the road, and this is a place where you must respect your speed, as the arroyos on the other side could claim your vehicle. My headlights flashed on a dark figure that dashed in an instant across the road. I gripped the wheel and slammed on the brakes. What flashed before me in a second looked like a black stick figure covered in black shreds of rags or roots or branches hanging from a bone-thin stick-like frame. Was it a tree with black branches? A person in rags? Whatever it was was running fast, with leaps or almost skips. My heart was beating so hard, and I was completely unnerved. I rounded two more narrow curves, passed the Gillisteel Creek and the railroad tracks, and then around another sharp curve, and drove through the gate before I was home in the now complete darkness. I just couldn't get it out of my mind. I laid in bed wondering what sort of encounter I had just had. Every time I drove past that same spot, I simultaneously hoped and feared that I might see it again. A few weeks later, we had torrential rains two days in a row. That's rare in the high desert. And the arroyo overflowed at that very spot. It is a mystery without any rational clue. And while it branded in my psyche as without explanation, I have no doubt that it did occur. That story was from Jane Freeze in New Mexico. We lived in a two-story stone home on a dead-end street in Butchville, Kentucky back in the 1950s all the way up until 1985. I was one of seven children, and I remember my mom telling me this story. I found it so fascinating. One August night in 1941, after all of us kids were put to bed in the upstairs bedroom, my mother and father happened to look out the window by the stairs, and they noticed something odd in the side yard. They noticed the sudden appearance of a vapor-like thing that was perched on the top of the picket fence in the side yard. It was maybe 15 to 20 feet away, and fully visible on the moonlit, cloudless night. This vapor, which was white, wispy, and cloud-like, began to dance on the picket fence. It would elongate itself, then roll up into a ball, get wider, arch itself, get larger, then smaller, 
and dance on top of the fence from picket to picket and back again. It seemed as if it was happy. My mother and father spoke in whispers to one another for fear that it would hear them and stop its performance, but it stayed and danced for them for 20 or 30 minutes. It quickly disappeared after its dance and vanished into thin air. They never saw it again in all the 30-plus years that we lived in that neighborhood. I have another story about my mom and dad. Dad had given mom a beautiful engagement ring with a rare blue diamond in its mounting. She cherished this ring, and rightfully so. But she hardly ever took it off, and of course she never checked to see if the diamond might be loose. One day, she looked down and the diamond was gone. She went into a panic. She had no idea when or where she had lost it. She looked and looked and looked to no avail. She spent many sleepless nights crying about this terrible loss. She prayed and prayed and prayed, and for years she prayed for her cherished diamond to be found. Well, it wasn't found, and time passed. Years and years later, my dad decided that he needed to put down some topsoil in the front yard so the grass would grow better. So he set about digging in the backyard around the peach trees, which was evidently rich with good topsoil. I'm not sure, but that's what he said. He took the topsoil to the front yard, wheelbarrow load after wheelbarrow load. He would pile dirt near and on top of the other loads that he had already brought around. All day long, he brought loads of topsoil from the backyard to the front yard. He was exhausted by the evening, so he left the piles as they were for the next morning's work. He would come out and rake them down level. The next morning was bright and sunny. Mom was sitting at the table, and it was a perfect angle for her to see something glistening in the sun on top of one of the piles of dirt. For some reason, this intrigued her, and she decided to try and figure out what the glistening was. Every time she would get up and try to pinpoint the location where the glistening was coming from, the angle was not right, and she would lose it. She knew that she needed to get out there before the early morning sun went under the cloud, or it was going to be too late. About that time, my younger brother awoke and he came out to where my mom was sitting. She coaxed him to walk out into the yard and she would motion to him exactly where she was seeing this gleaming thing. So, she would motion for him to move left, right, back, forwards, until finally she said, Stop! She walked out to where he was standing, looked down, and there it was, her long-lost diamond. We'd had a frost overnight and the frost erupted the ground and pushed the diamond up and out of the dirt. And it was perched atop of this mound. When you think about the odds of this diamond being found, it completely boggles the mind. I mean, honestly, what are the chances that the right wheelbarrow load of dirt made it from the backyard to the front? What are the chances that dad didn't spread out the loads of dirt that night? What are the chances that mom would be sitting in the exact right spot for the sun to shine on that particular amount of dirt that wasn't shaded by leaves or that even the day was not cloudy? What are the chances that my brother didn't step on it and smash it back into the dirt? What are the chances of having a frost erupting the dirt just enough to bring it to the surface? All I can say is prayer works. And that's from Carol Jackson in Kentucky.
When I was five, my mom would take me to visit her Aunt Jennifer and Uncle Mark. They lived in Windy Hollow trailer camps, just outside of Calhoun, Kentucky. My mom and aunt would chit-chat, keeping a watchful eye on me as I occupied myself exploring and playing. There were other kids around, but none my age, and not too close to where my aunt stayed. I was content to play with my toys and romp around in my own little world. Standard five-year-old kid stuff. Not that I actually played alone. Can you play with me? I looked up from my army man. She was young, probably not much older than me, with a pale dress with an apron and a wide-brimmed derby hat. Can you play with me? She asked again. Okay, I said. We spent the afternoon playing tag and I showed her my army men, which she drew particular interest in. When my mom called out for me to get snacks, I ran to the house to ask my mom if my new friend could come too. She said she hadn't eaten in a while. But when I went back to the sand pit to get her, all that remained was my army men. I guess she went home. Over the next few visits to my aunt's house, my new friend would sometimes come over to play. But other days, I would see her outside but she would be gone as fast as she appeared. My mom and Uncle Mark thought it was cute that I had an imaginary friend, but my Aunt Jennifer seemed interested in the little girl, but also didn't think much of it at first. One weekend before Halloween, I was telling my friend that we were having a party. Can I play with you, she asked. Yeah, we're going to bob for apples and everything. I was so excited. Sometimes she would be in the house, but my mom and Uncle Mark never said that they saw her. Maybe during the party they can see her in her costume, I thought. The night of the party, I was having a great time. We got started and I hadn't seen my friend yet, but she said she wanted to play, so I was sure that I would see her. I wondered what she had for a costume. Well, Uncle Mark gathered everyone in a semicircle around the chair in the living room to tell scary stories before we went outside to bob for apples. He dimmed the lights and I saw her standing in the doorway, wearing the same pale dress and apron with her wide hat like she always did. She didn't say anything, only stood with her eyes hidden beneath her brim. My uncle finished his spooky story and we all got up to go outside and pop for apples. I could hardly wait my turn, and when it finally came, I saw my friend standing on the other side of the tub, her face blank and expressionless. I smiled at her and leaned over to grab the nicest apple that I could. I grabbed the apple after a few sloshy attempts, and I went to stand up in triumph. My legs suddenly went numb. I collapsed from underneath myself, dropping the apple and crying out, flailing as I went. Water going everywhere. My mom was instantly at my side, her face ghostly white as they checked my legs and gasped as dark, angry bruises sprung up. She drove in a panic to the hospital, thoughts of some kind of rare cancer in her mind. But the blood work all came back normal, and though my legs tingled as feeling eventually came back, I made a full recovery. I never saw the little girl again after that night. My aunt admitted that she could sometimes see her out of the corner of her eye every now and then, but that she never seemed to cause trouble before that. My aunt and uncle moved into town soon after that, so... Who knows what happened to the little girl in the pale dress and apron with the wide-brimmed hat. I guess the one time that she really wanted to play, she realized she couldn't and took it out on me. My legs tingle when I think about the ordeal sometimes, and I haven't been bobbing for apples since that night. This story was from Austin in Owensboro, Kentucky.
In January of 1967, at about 9 a.m., I had just gotten my husband and kids off to work and school respectively, finishing the morning kitchen cleanup, and sat down in my easy chair in the living room to read the morning newspaper. It was a typical cold winter morning in the rural area of southern Michigan where we lived. A clean white blanket of snow covered the frozen ground. My easy chair faced eastward toward a large window out of which I could clearly see my neighbor's farmhouse perched atop a small hill that was about an eighth of a mile east of our home. As I began to look at my newspaper, something caught my eye out of the window, and it was significant enough that it quickly brought me right out of my chair and to the window. Above my neighbor's home, I saw an enormous, silver-appearing craft just hovering, as though it was sitting on top of some invisible landing dock. Its appearance was extremely bright, although it did not hurt my eyes to look at it. It looked like a huge toy top that parents used to buy to spin around and amuse their children. The object appeared to have a row or ports of windows around it, midway between the top and the bottom of it. I can hardly believe what I was seeing, so I went outside on my front porch just to make sure I was not seeing some type of reflection or mirage in the window. Outside my porch, I clearly saw the craft, and I noted that it was completely silent and still. I wanted to call someone, but I was afraid it would be gone before they could see it, and they would think I was crazy. I stood outdoors for some time, maybe ten minutes, just studying the strange craft. It was obviously not a plane, a helicopter, a balloon. Then suddenly, it moved to the right, and then straight upward and outward, and away at what appeared to be an extremely high rate of speed. And it was gone its exit taken only about two seconds, all in absolute silence. That evening when my husband came home, I told him, but he thought it was probably a plane or a helicopter. Two weeks later, a similar incident occurred. This time, it was 8 p.m., well after dark. I was finishing cleaning the kitchen after dinner. My husband was reading the paper in the living room. I walked out the side door on the west side of our home to take out the trash. There, looking westward, I saw an identical object extremely bright in a dark sky just hovering over the cornfield surrounding our home. I quickly summoned my husband to come see this. He and I walked outside together. We both stood looking at this huge, silent, bright object hovering in the air. We were speechless for a few seconds. I told him that this was the craft exactly what I had seen two weeks before. I asked him if he thought it was a plane or a helicopter. He admitted that he did not know what this craft was and stated, I never want to discuss this again. He went back into the house to resume reading his paper. I lingered outside watching the craft for several minutes when suddenly, as before, it moved upward and away extremely fast and then disappeared. This story was from Carol Gold in Michigan. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories Presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.